HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Have you heard? It's party time. Monday, December 3rd is Winter in the Garden, Heritage Radio Network's second annual year-end gala at the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe. Join HRN's staff, hosts, members, and some very talented chefs and bartenders for a delicious evening that will kick off the holiday season and support our end-of-year fundraising drive. The evening will begin with a VIP hour, complete with bubbles and oysters. Then, all of our guests will work their way around two spacious rooms filled with food stations and bars, sampling fare from some of our favorite chefs. Sip on your choice of cocktails, beer, wine, sake, and cider while bidding on exclusive silent auction items. 2019 is our 10th anniversary. So, whether you've been a member since Roberta's first opened, or if you just discovered your new favorite food podcast, please consider supporting us with a ticket purchase so we can start the year on solid ground. We'd love to see you at the Garden. So join us on December 3rd, for more information and to purchase tickets, go to heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. So you don't charm the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Souther! Hey, buddy. What's going on, dude? Not too much, man. What have you been pinning to your hats lately? <laughs> I'm watching your Instagram. Lots of shit, man. You're pinning shit I put on hats. hats. Yes. Dude, I mean, like, it's it's like basically, you know, like a, a drunken charm bracelet, you know, throughout the evening. You just kind of keep throwing more stuff in your hat band. And... Oh, do these things build over the evening? I thought this was, these were all No, 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 yeah, you. totally. Well, curated. I mean, like, well, but, well, everyone knows that I'm... I've talked about this a lot. I'm more of a day drinker than yeah. a night drinker. I sure. would much rather drink during the day and like sleep at night. Yeah. I don't like like the whole New York City Spoken like looking like a man of leisure. Well, I mean like, yeah. <laughs> I like to, you know, see and be seen. <laughs> but like uh, you know, like throughout the day, you know, you get to like get a bunch of stuff done and like, you know, you kinda earn your, your booze, as it were. But you know, like we're so conditioned in New York City to like have our bars open until four o'clock in the morning, and yeah. then you don't get home until the sun's coming up. You know, yeah. so like eh, I'm trying to like 
always try to like keep it you know separate you know yeah. but yeah so like it'll happen like you know if I go on an adventure you know I'll like it might be like you know a skewer from a steak at Peter Luger's or like a button that someone gave me like a I, like an I Heart Bitters button for oh, instance oh yeah baby you know someone gives me like a little trinket and it goes in my hat band I actually it. I was at uh, some weeks ago I was at my friend's uh uh Shabbat dinner and he gave me a kippah and I, I put it inside of my cowboy hat and I pinned it or like Bobby pinned it in there so every time I put on that hat now I'm basically I'm wearing a yarmulke so it's pretty pretty dope so it's now I have to do and the hashtag is shit I put on hats yeah. now it's shit I put in hats oh man <laughs> uh, what uh, how many hats do you own I don't fucking know man is it okay I'm it's just, a lot it's a lot is it more than 20 yeah more than 40 I, you know, when I moved, um, I moved apartments like almost two years ago in New York. And when I did that, I got rid of a ton of stuff. I remember. I and saw a lot of hats, like guitars. Sale, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And it, was, it wasn't really a sell. I was just giving stuff away. Yeah. And I, I was trying to minimalize. But the things that I can't get rid of are guitars and hats. I, I got rid of guitars and hats. But like, there's still like, that's, that's what takes up most of the space in my home. You know. Tune in next week on Hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like totally the opposite of that. I was like, it wasn't like I was totally hoarding anything. But like, I, I, whatever. Okay, we're, this, this is already getting weird. We all have our things. <laughs> we all have our things, man. I'm excited to see your hashtag of shit I put on hats. And it marks your marks your day. Shows what you've done for the day. It is like, it's a documentation of uh, okay. of any adventure. I love any it. day. Yeah. What have you been up to, man? It's a wearable journal. <laughs> man, I'm just living life, riding my scooter everywhere. How many new bars are you opening this week? Uh, this week, <laughs> zero. But you know, I, next I've, week I've, it's I've, like I've, I've to, let the like, cat out of the bag a few times. I am I'm working on a deal with, with a possible bar in Cleveland, Ohio. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Cleveland rocks. Yeah. And speaking of rocks, it's pretty rocky in here. <laughs> How's that? That was nice. All right. That's a nice little segue, buddy. Nice. You're learning. Um, yeah, <laughs> learn from the best. Pun it up whenever I can. Yeah. Uh, we've got in the studio with us. Well, we're not in the studio. Once again, we're recording at Blue Quarter because of your hectic schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's also just a fun place to record it. Yeah, it is. We it's still it. going out through Heritage Radio. Yeah, of course. Like, we, we're actually, I mean, we should definitely say this. I mean, we have been doing a lot of recording on the road because you and I, we, we yeah, travel a lot. We're you busy know? fellows. These and days, it's great yeah. that way we can, like, go to people rather than them having to come to us whenever they just happen to be in town. Exactly. A lot of times there's scheduling conflicts with, like, if we've already got people booked on the show, someone's in town, we can't fit them in. So we just started recording a lot on the road. Sure. And Blue Quarter's, like, our second little studio because it's yeah. free in the daytime and it's quiet here yeah um so anyway in the in the de facto studio for the day we've got Eamon rocky uh welcome to the studio welcome what's up fellas back to the speakeasy back to the, yeah. right. welcome yeah. to the second studio it feels good to be back yeah man <laughs> happy to have you back um we're going to talk yeah. to you about uh about your juice which you've been yeah purveying for a while now and then so, you've got a new project too so we'll get to that yeah so. last time Eamon was on the show he came on with Gareth Howells, mm. and that was about a couple years ago, right? Yep, it's been a while. And we talked about Milk Punch. The great Gareth Howells. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a really fun time because, they, you know, they're like, talking about, if you go back, I can't remember which episode it is right now, but if you go back to the episode, let's do it, they have very different approaches to yeah. getting to the same product, yeah. essentially. Not, not the same, but the same idea. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like Milk Punches and different uh, production methods. 
So it was a really cool episode. And it's really, such a niche thing to do, you know. No one's really. I still think no one's really gotten after as much as either of the two of you did. Gareth's now, uh, you know, repping for a brand, so he's not behind a bar anymore. But um, the two of you were kind of like the guys to go to when talking about clarified milk punch. Yeah, but you're right. It's it's like having different methods for pinning things on hats. You know, and it's such like a yeah. specific or in thing, hats. You know what I mean? Yeah, or in hats. Exactly. Yeah. Does it go in or does it go on? Does the you know butter go on top or on the bottom? Yeah. You know, um, side. It's true, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gareth's method uh, is, is exceptional, um, and you know we refer to it kind of as the cavalier method, where, where everything is, is mixed and there's sort of like faith and technique and beauty, uh, whereas I'm, I'm like super precise and um, I, I get really anal about, about measurements and temperatures and whatnot, um, but it always comes out clear. They're both delicious, and um, I'm incredibly uh, excited and proud to, to have a milk punch on the market now in bottle. Does anybody else have a bottled yeah. milk punch? Or are you the only one? There has not been a commercially bottled milk punch in like 150 years. And when it was around, it was in London. Uh, so this is the first and only milk punch that's ever been uh, commercially bottled in the Americas in history. Uh, it feels really, really cool. That's so fucking cool, man. <laughs> that is so cool, man. That's really fucking dynamite. Yeah, I know. Um, that's crazy. What was... Do, 150 years ago, do you remember what's the, what was that brand? Nathaniel name? Wisson, yeah. Nathaniel, so, oh, you remember the old Nathaniel? Oh yeah, Wisson. Oh, old Nate Dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> what was their slogan? Let's get clear. I don't know. Nathaniel, yeah, uh, get clear of the Queen. Uh, no, but, so Nathaniel Nathaniel Wisson uh, is a pretty pretty interesting fellow. Um, he started a uh, milk punch uh, business in London in the 1800s. Uh, became so popular that it was actually anointed as being uh, the only purveyor of milk punch to Her Majesty Queen Victoria in its time. Oh, wow. Uh, it, was, it was really well known. What I love about milk punch, uh, and it, it's true as, as it was then, uh, now, is that it's, it's a drink for anybody, you know, and, and it really is more of a technique than it is a recipe. Sure. Uh, so if you make it with really fancy, spendy, rare stuff, then it can be a really fancy, spendy, rare milk punch. Uh, but you can just as easily make it with uh, everyday ingredients, and it's approachable, delicious, and affordable as well. So royalty can, can drink, and it can be their, their thing, just as uh, it can be an everyday everyday drink for an everyday drinker. What, what's clue me in on a little bit more of like the history of milk punch? Why sure. why do this? So why clarify your milk punch? <clears throat> By the way, let's describe it a little bit. I've taken yep. a couple snaps already that'll be up on Speakeasy Podcast yep. Instagram. But it's clear like water. Clear like water. Uh, and it has milk in it. That's right. Okay, so why? and ironically, why? There's the question. <laughs> so, uh, so you've asked a ton of ton of great questions, and I'll I'll try to answer them in the right order. Um, you know, milk punch is clear because of the milk. That's the wild thing about it. Right. I the get most... the protein matrix and all that. But exactly. I know this shit. So let's talk to the listener a little bit. I mean, <laughs> right. I know why it happens, but why do it is also my question. Understood. So the why you do it is different today than it was 400 years ago when it was invented. Uh, it was probably invented as a method of preservation. Um, based on my research and, and just getting to know it as a spirit for the last 12 years, I am willing to bet anything that it was made to preserve things when you had them in season. So uh, pic picture this. You know, you're living in Europe. Uh, it's 1660 or 1680. You're only wait, wait. Okay, I got it. <laughs> You're you're only getting you know pineapples and fresh citrus and oh and these, it's such a rough life right you're well, only getting pineapples <laughs> once a year oh oh I like, sorry you, I cut you off no no dang no, I'm sorry stay with me here yeah um, I'll stay with you forever uh, so so you only get you only get these these unique ingredients these uh, expensive perishable exotic ingredients from warm weather sure. climates right you only get them once or twice a year right and so when you get them. 
you want to preserve them. You want to do whatever you can to make them last and make them stretch. So you ferment things, you salt things, you age things, you dry things, and you, you fortify them. You add alcohol to them, right? So when you get your fresh milk, which is also very perishable, your pineapple, your citrus, you add tea because it's English and because it's a punch and those things go very mm -hmm. well together. You know, that sort of trifecta, the concept. Um, you add booze and, and the booze will actually stabilize it. There's a secondary effect of the acid and the alcohol, the ethanol and citric acid and malic acid that's found in citrus is that it coagulates the protein in, in milk, right? Um, it curdles. Have you ever yes. had a cement mixer shot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you do it properly and if you strain it properly over the course of time, sometimes a few hours, sometimes a few days, what you get is exactly what you mentioned. It's perfectly clear, but it tastes like the sum of its parts yep. and more, right? But it's 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 at that stage, stable. You can age it like wine, and I have. You know, Laying a milk punch down uh, for a couple of years and then coming back to it, especially whenever you have things in it like whiskey or brandy or rum with pineapple and with tea, with things that actually... Uh, evolve nicely and well with age. It's an exceptional and, and really cool experience. And when you lay them down like that, do you do it in uh, um, in barrel or just in glass? I do in cork bottle most often. Yeah. Uh, I like cork because it allows a bit of oxygen sure. exchange, just yeah. like with wine. I have thrown milk punches in barrel um, because, you know, relatively speaking, uh, a milk punch has uh, has a lot of sort of uh, solubility factors. You know, there's a lot of water, there's a lot of acid, there's a lot of alcohol, uh, and then you have things like sugar and, and to a degree, suspended in very uh, small amounts, like cellulose and like fruit and vegetable yeah, matter, etc. Exactly. Um, what ends up happening most of the time whenever I throw milk punch in barrel is it'll start to get a little hazy. It's not a big deal because you can re-clarify it, um, but it's it's like it's for me not the most ideal way to store an aged milk punch. I like doing it like wine in bottle with a cork. Yeah, uh, yeah, because you don't want to. Why, why would you go through all that effort to make it clear and then do something right. to it that makes it not as clear anymore? Right. And the thing is, too, in bottle it gets more clear because all those things will actually bottle, settle yeah. out exactly, and you you can decant them again just like you do an aged spirit or an aged wine. They'll start to like sort of gather this little pool of sediment, of tannin, of of like little tiny bits of of, uh, of milk protein, etc. And you pour them off, and you have this most exceptionally clear milk punch, two years of age on it or whatever. Right, and again, still that like richness of mouthfeel, yeah. that like coating property. Yeah. So I just had the pleasure of uh, presenting about milk punch and milk clarification um, in a larger context at, at Portland Cocktail. That's right. I saw you out there for yep. a bit. Uh, and yep. it was it was such a such a cool experience, and I can't uh, thank the Lush Life team and you know Lindsay and and Dorothy, Donnie, and 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 all the all the folks that made that happen. Um, I can't thank them enough. It was an incredible experience. Um, but it was as much about you know sort of protein and and science as it was about drinking and about the cocktail itself, which is what I love about uh, what that team is doing. Um, you know, and milk has has a lot of different kinds of protein, but there are three really important ones. There's casein, which is cheese protein. There's uh, beta-lactylglobulin, uh, and then there's alpha-lactylbumin. Both of the latter are, are essentially whey proteins, and they stay in the punch and they contribute to that mouthfeel, right? right? So just because it's clear doesn't mean it's not it's not rich and doesn't have a lot of stuff going on in it from a molecular level. When you it's just like God, you know. He can't see it, but he's in it's the there. details. It's there. <laughs> he's in the details. Um, and I'm not. I'm not just trying to nerd out, but like. No, that's what this show is do. about. Yeah. yeah, like you know, this, the people tuning in to hear. I'm the learning new words. Yeah, I'm making. I'm making most of them up. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. Yeah, I love no it. one will know. <laughs> yeah. no one's gonna, we got no fact checkers on the team. Um, so, t talk to me just a little bit about. Okay, a couple questions that come to mind immediately. One, last time you were on the show, you were just making milk punch at at at, your, at, Bettany. at, at Bettany where you were yep. working. Yep. And now you've produced a 
product that's on the shelves that's and right. available for bartenders and, and, and consumers to purchase. Yes. What made you want to make that leap? Yeah. Because, I mean, other than it simply didn't exist and you wanted it to exist. So, you know, when I was... Uh, Which is a fine reason, too, by the way. Totally. Yeah, she's trying to beat him to the punch. Hey. Ah. <laughs> Beat him to the I love that. Um, so and we should try some in a minute too. Yeah, we will, but, um, of course. But uh, essentially, you know, years ago, I, I was trying to go about my career in a way that I, I felt made made like sort of sequential, logical sense. Right? I was think, thinking about things three or four steps down the road, and and I'm not going to say it didn't it didn't have like an intuitive quality to it, uh, but it was more like calculated. Uh, at Betney, whenever whenever I put milk punch in the menu, uh, I, I said to myself, even before even before we officially opened, I said to myself, I want to figure out how to make this like sort of like classically uh, uh, ultimate bottled cocktail, right? It's it's perfect because you make it, you do it successfully, it's clear, it's delicious. You put it in a bottle, and whenever you go to serve it, you literally you literally just pour it over ice, and there you go. And, and all the work has sort of been done in, in advance, sure. right? I said to myself, how can I make that customizable for an individual guest, right? And, and those two concepts, classically with Milk Punch, conflict, right? Um, because, and, and if, if we can, sort of back up just a touch. Um, after we cheers. Ooh, cheers, guys. That was right the mic. <laughs> um, yes. Always, every time I taste it, I'm always like delighted by how acidic it is. Yeah, yeah. bright and refreshing. Right? Yeah, for sure. So um, I always thought about what I wanted to do with with like three or four steps on the line of calculation. At Betney, I put milk punch in the menu, and I said to myself, "How do I make this customizable?" Normally, milk punch, you take booze, tea, citrus, fruit, and other spices, modifiers, things that make you happy. Right? They go together. Hopefully, you boil milk, you throw the milk in, the milk curdles, you strain it, and then you have your milk punch. Right? And then at that point, you just pour it over ice. It's done. It's done. It's done. Whether you age or not, it's entirely up to you. But what's in the bottle is what goes in the glass, and that's what's served to the guests. That's it. And I thought to myself, "This is such a cool process. How do I make this?" customized to your preferences, Souther, to your preferences, Damon, and then the world goes on, right? Um, and I figured out how to make Milk Punch with no booze. That was a huge uh, leap for me, you know, and, and I think for the category as well. I don't know that it's ever been done before, because Milk Punch is always made with some sort of spirit. And intuitively, that's why it was made. And getting back to your original question, why do you make Milk Punch? Back in the day, you were making it to preserve those ingredients. I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm actually making milk punch without alcohol because I don't need to preserve them anymore. We have pineapples for days, we have citrus for days, we have milk for days, it's not a big deal. We have refrigeration, etc. So I thought if I made milk punch without any alcohol, I'd be that be able to then say, hey Southern, you want a milk punch? And you say, Absolutely, sign me up. Where do I get one? Well I'm I'm like, you can get one right here, what kind of spirit would you like in it? And you say, I want it with rye whiskey. You want a rye whiskey and Damon wants it with I want it with brandy. With brandy, yeah. And I want mine with gin. And somebody else wants theirs with aquavit. And somebody else wants theirs with champagne because they want a spritzer. And all of a sudden, you have a literally limitless array of drinks you can make with the same exact clarified milk punch base. That's really cool. And that Smart. that light bulb went off in my head, opening Betany. People loved it. They freaked out. Yeah, I absolutely happy. remember going there and being able to choose. 
Yeah, there, absolutely. There are choices on the menu. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the thing is, milk punch became kind of our religion at Benny, to be perfectly honest with you. And, and you know, the whole team went wild with it. You know, our, our bartenders and servers and, and everybody started making it at home. Cooks started making it at home as well. Um, and, and, you know, we had a library of milk punches that were finished. Yep. You know, uh, we had one that actually was brandy with raw milk from this, uh, this uh, uh, dairy in Vermont that they would drop off like a few gallons of like straight from the udder milk and we'd, we'd execute the whole process with very, very minimal other flavors because I just wanted the raw milk and the brandy to come through. Man, it was wild. And it was actually a, a, an apple brandy. It was Laird's uh, seven and a half. Um, and, and those two things together are just so good without any, you know, white noise around them of other of other flavors. And, and you know, we had, we had other milk punches that were sort of thematic and based around, you know, music or based around uh, art or based around, you know, one or two people on the team's, you know, personal preferences, etc. There was one guy that was obsessed with making the perfect English milk punch kind of in a, as an homage to its its history and he made it with uh, Earl Grey tea and gin, a London dry gin, etc. Super cool stuff. You can tell stories with milk punch. Um, but the one that we always had on the menu was virgin so that we could A, serve it to people who didn't drink and B... So it's an introduction. Absolutely. Yeah. And B, customize it. Customizable, yeah. but also it, it, there's an there's a opportunity here for education. That's right. right. A teaching moment. That's right. And that's what Rockies is. Rockies is only 12% alcohol. It's very, very low. And I'm only adding the alcohol to keep it from fermenting, right? The, the alcohol at that level is super, super, super sessionable. And we can add whatever we want to it. Damon right now is reaching for Bear 2 Brandy. Let the record show. Um, <laughs> Bear 2. <laughs> It's it's and that's the thing. Collaboration from our it's, friend Jeff Bell over at PDT. It's uh, it's super super versatile. You know, I can add gin, vodka, mezcal, tequila, uh, aquavit, Bertu brandy, Calvados. It does not matter to to Rockies, and it's absolutely delicious. Um, and that's that's kind of the beauty of it. I formulated. Uh, the I formulated the sweetness and acidity also so that theoretically in equal parts, if that's a good starting point, it's a balanced drink, right? Right. Well, I mean, equal parts. Yeah, that's balance, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. But I'm saying like, if I made this super sweet, right? Then even in equal parts, it's it's going to be too it's going to be too sweet. So oh, Southern went for tequila. I changed my mind. Got some the Altos tequila second. there. I changed my mind. It's well. The first thing I noted when I tasted it was like I liked the acidity. And I, uh, I changed my mind to tequila. Yeah, yeah. Altos. Yeah. You know, this is like, like like milk punch is like like consistently and continuously like fascinating to me. Yes. There's always more. I it, I don't know if I'm just like scratch the surface of it, but like I feel like the more I learn about it, the the deeper the surface is I and mean, it's just like that's right it keeps going you know yeah i agree it's like a brooklyn apartment that's got like you know 40 layers of paint on it from <laughs> since exactly. oh for 400 years actually yeah yeah you can see all yeah brooklyn apartments paint jobs are kind of like uh the same timeline as milk punch you can drill through time i completely yeah. agree it's it's a gift that keeps on giving yeah so you were making a completely virgin version at betany virgin Austin. version and yeah now, and sometimes now we would add a little bit of booze yeah to, to stabilize it in some yep. way but but then now the version that you're making that's on sale uh, is 12% alcohol. What's, that's right. This, what's, what's in it? Is it, so, is it a wine base? Is it a spirit base? Uh, okay, so in, in Rockies, uh, apples, pineapple, lots of different kinds of citrus, but mostly lemon. Uh, that's what that bright, fresh acidity that you referenced earlier was. Uh, green tea, black tea, neutral grain spirit, and milk. Um, it's a pretty standard, if, you, if, I can, if I can say that, sort of approach that, again, lends to the versatility of, of the spirit itself. Um, and, hey... 
Did you bring food? Did you bring us something? <laughs> uh, what do you got for me? This is the real boomerang. This is the real boomerang. This is Jeff Bell. It's three hot dogs for you guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, wait. It's a new hot dog that I'm by. Damn it, I only Fabian count two. It's one for me and the guest. Oh, no. Uh, Fabian Jeremiah from Contra Wild Air. Uh, Whoa. This is their new dog. So, all beef dog. Uh, a little bit of meat butter. Uh, meat, meat butter. butter. Pickled pineapple. Well, that'll onions. go well with this. Chives <laughs> and red onions. So Amazing. Super delicious. So Jeff Bell soup. just dropped off. We just got studio bomb. And he's currently drinking his own brandy with Rocky's milk punch. Hey, you know as, what? as that happens. I'm, a, I'm the real deal delivery guy. I as a seamless writer. Amazing. <laughs> That's so good. You know, we're going to get the PL up there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's delicious. All right, yeah, guys. Right? Back to work. Thanks. Thanks you guys. Yeah, we're getting back to work too here. <laughs> Thanks so much. Prettiest man I ever saw. <laughs> um, well, well was, dang. That was a delight. Yeah. And how odd that we were. We should do shows for <laughs> We should do shows from the corner more often. <laughs> I think we will. Um, okay, so sorry we got interrupted there, but you were you were running down the list. You listed all the things that were in well, there. Do you want me to you want to go down it again? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, uh, so was, or let me try. Can I try? Go for it. 